born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. So, and look in verse 4. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the mist thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley. Half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. And um, the water, I believe, is going to run from the Mediterranean Sea right down into the Dead Sea, and there's going to be fish down in the Dead Sea. And then somebody just mentioned to me the other day that uh, they have found oil in northern Israel. Anybody hear that? It was on, it was on the news. But um, the Bible says in the uh, time whenever Jacob was blessing his kids, uh, he says, and Asher shall dip his toe in oil. So I believe there's oil wherever that is, and I have an idea. But anyway, it does get interesting. And uh, Russia is getting mighty close there. And wouldn't it be something if all those countries at one time just decided to go against Israel? It ain't like it was in 1967. Just remember, it only takes eight minutes to fly over Israel. Eight minutes to fly over Israel. You see how Israel has to be prepared? How quickly? You come into the airspace, they got to take it out quickly. Because see, it doesn't take much. They could explode a bomb above the nation of Israel. And what those nuclear bombs do is it sucks all the oxygen out and pull it up here and people die of suffocation. It doesn't even have to hit the ground just in the air, and the damage that it can do. But anyway, we're living in some very, very exciting times. So we believe Jesus is coming back. He's coming back for us. Now look at number 10, the eternal state. We believe that the souls of those who have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation immediately pass into his presence at their death and remain there in conscious bliss until the resurrection of the body at his coming for the church, at which time with souls and body reunited, they shall be associated with him forever in glory, never to be separated from the Lord ever again. But the soul of the unbelievers remain in death, separation, in conscious misery until the final judgment, at which time with soul and body reunited, they shall be cast into the lake of fire, not to be annihilated, but to be punished with everlasting separation from the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, from the glory of his power. So they will have everlasting punishment at the same everlasting separation from God for all eternity. And that's what makes reaching people so important. 
But just so that you see this, look there in Luke chapter 16. The book of Luke in chapter 16. God used Luke to write the gospel of Luke. Now, in writing the book of Luke, it doesn't say exactly at what time Jesus told this story about the rich man and Lazarus. Now, it doesn't mean that he never said it before. He could have said it over and over and over again. How much he explained to them. And uh, we know that there's certain things that said in the New Testament about those in the Old Testament that we didn't even know that they knew. Like the Bible says, Enoch preached about the coming of the Lord. Well, that was before the flood. And he talks about preaching before the Lord and about him coming with thousands and so forth of his saints. Well, we didn't know that. We wouldn't have known that Noah was a preacher of righteousness, that Noah preached. And the only righteousness that's good enough to save is the Lord's righteousness. So he had to preach the gospel. He didn't just build a boat. He was a preacher. So um, there's a lot of things that we don't really maybe understand. But God had witnesses back in those days. Now look what he says here in Luke chapter 16. And just get this. In verse 16, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Yankee. I mean, yeah, Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Now, do you think God saw the poor man? Jesus telling the story. Jesus had to see Lazarus begging for food at this gate of the rich man. And he had to know he had sores on his body. And he had to know that dogs came to lick the sores. Jesus, you know, God created the heavens and the earth. He saw that. Well, why didn't he change it? He didn't. Could he have? Yeah. I mean, just, he just let him stay there until he died. Well, didn't he see that rich man devouring all that good food? Living high on a hog? And he didn't intervene and stop it. I mean, God could have done something about that, but he didn't do anything about it. He let him die. Did they both die? Sooner or later, they both died. Now, everything changes. So he says here in verse 22, it came to pass. That's one of the great promises in the Bible. It came to pass. A lot of things will happen in your life. It came to pass. And uh, you ever complain about a lot of things that goes on in life and wish it would be different? Well, you're going to die. It will be. You may not want it to be changed that way. But sooner or later, everything you don't like about this old world, don't worry about it. The day's coming when you don't have to worry about this old world. God's going to take you out of it. How do you like that? Huh? Isn't that good? As Freddie Cole would say, ain't that good? It came to pass that the beggar died, was carried by the angels into, the, into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died. So they both died. Rich man, poor man. And was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes. No, he died. His body was buried. In hell, a different place. He lifted up his eyes, being in what? Torment. Seeth Abraham afar off. So he could still feel, even though he didn't have a physical body, he could feel. Seeth Abraham, he can see. He saw Abraham so he could remember. He knew who he was. He also remembered Lazarus. He saw Lazarus. He could see it. And he cried, and he said, so he can say something. He can talk. Father, have 
Abraham, have mercy on me. So he was begging for mercy. Mercy means he's getting what he deserves. But he didn't want to get it. But he deserved it. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Now, there is no mercy. No mercy. And then he says, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. So he has a tongue. But it's like what we call a soulish body. A body. Can God see? Yet God is a spirit. God can hear. God can grieve. But God doesn't have a body. He's a spirit. God is a spirit. Must be worshiped in spirit and in truth. But he talks about he that made the eye, shall he not see? And he that made the ear, shall he not hear? So you can have a body that can't be seen. You and I have a body that can't be seen with the naked eye. Have you ever wondered what you really look like? We just see this old shell that we're running around in. This is just a house down on planet Earth. But ain't it something? You've never really seen me and I've never seen you. Because you're a spirit living inside of a body. Your body has changed over the years, hasn't it? Do you look the same way you did when you was a little tyke? My mother always talked about how cute I was when I was small. No, that was my dad. Now that's a lie. Can you believe that dad saying that about their son? My kid was the ugliest kid he'd ever seen in his life. And he's going to put me in a burlap sack and throw me in a river and drown me. That's the truth. My mom wouldn't let him. Evidently, I didn't die. It was hard getting out of that bag, though. <laughs> Just joking. You know what I remember as far back as right after I was born, I was behind bars and hit the bottle. Oh, well, we'll, we'll move right along. Some of y'all don't get these jewels. I mean, they're little jewels. Did you get it? Did you get it? Well, good. But he says, I am tormented in this flame. So it's not the place you want to be. It's not where you want to go. But you don't need a person to die on the cross to pay for your sins to keep you from going to a place that don't exist. I think people well, I believe in heaven. I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in hell. Well, why would you believe in Jesus? Well, as a Savior. Savior for what? Uh, Jesus spoke more on hell than he did about heaven. So he has warned us. And so we believe that in the eternal state, there are those who are going to be separated from God for all eternity. And having eternal life means you have to be united to eternal life. Jesus Christ is eternal life. So when you accept Christ as your Savior, he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So these things have I written to you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. You have eternal life because you've got Christ. Christ is eternal life. You can't have one without the other. So if I can't lose Christ and he'll never cast me out and never leave me, how can I lose eternal life? Can't. This is why it makes so much sense to just take God at his word and just simply believe him. Now notice, there's something here I wanted you to see because it says in verse 25, Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth the good things in your lifetime. This is your lifetime, your time of life upon the earth. Uh, see, it's temporary. So this is your lifetime. And he says, likewise, Lazarus, he received evil things. So here's Jesus telling this, and he knows that here's a poor man, a beggar, and he suffered in this lifetime. And he did without, and you had all this good stuff. 
So is that the reason why the man went to heaven and the man went to hell? The man went to hell because he was rich, and the man went to paradise because he was poor. You know, I could start a new religion on this. If you want to go to heaven, give me all your money. Because I want you to be poor. I'm willing to go to hell for you. Just give me all your money. <laughs> Trying to sound good? I don't think that's in the Bible. It's that one man believed something and another man did not believe something. It's just that he says that he could come to my five brothers and testify to them. But notice when he made that statement about come over here and help me and all that. In verse 26, beside all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that they cannot pass from one to the other. You can't go from here to there and they can't come to here. In other words, once you're dead, I'm sorry, that's it. You either trust Christ as Savior before you die, or you never can. And if you die without Christ, it's forever without Christ. You don't get a second chance. I've had people say, well, you get a second chance. No, you don't. That's not taught in the Bible. That's why in this lifetime, you must accept Christ as your Savior if you want to go to heaven. Not to do so, severe consequences. So look what he says here. In verse 27, then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou would have sent him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them. So he knew that Lazarus knew something he didn't know. I wonder what it was. One man saved, one man's lost. The lost people in hell wants those who know the Lord to witness to their family. Lest they also come to this place of torment. I've had people say, well, if my mother went to hell, I want to go to hell. I hate to tell them, your mother don't want you. Your daddy doesn't want you. People in hell don't want you there. Because, you see, they know what it's like. They know the severity of it. Come and dip your t finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. And to realize, that's forever. That is forever and ever. This is just the holding pen until they have the judgment, the great white throne judgment. And then they'll be placed into the lake of fire called the lake of Gehenna. This is just the place called Hades or Sheol. This is a temporary hell. But they suffer there. Now you and I, when we die, to be absent from the body, present with the Lord. Boom. Now we're present with the Lord. Eternal bliss. To them eternal suffering. Though it's temporary in this one place, and they don't have a judgment, and then it'll be for all eternity, because God is going to let them see that whatever God does, He will be just. And that they are getting what they deserve. Every lost man is going to get exactly what he deserves. That's why there can be no mercy. He won't accept mercy now. And he won't accept God's grace now. Then you are only left to the judgment of God. And that's why he said, he that believeth on him hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not, the wrath of God abides upon him. See, the wrath of God abides over you. But when you die, the wrath of God falls. And that's why it's so important to understand him. So there is no way for him to get out of this situation. But the one thing that he wants those who are alive, he wants us to witness. And he wanted to, can you send Lazarus back that he can testify well, wait a minute. Remember that little old poor man outside of his gates begging for food every day? Just wanting the crumbs, and dogs licking his sores. Yeah, but you ought to see him now. You ought to see him now. 
Now that man is in heaven, has eternal life, brand new body, not suffering anymore. I usually tell people, you can always endure pain for a short period of time. You can endure suffering in this life for a short period of time. Remember, this life is but a short period of time. It's just a vapor. Pure for a little while and then gone away. Well, we're here, next thing you know, we're gone. It seems like just the other day I was running around in the yard playing with my sisters. And yet that was, you know, 65 years ago. Time has flew. It flies. Of course, you already know that. You're where I am. But now, if you look there in your, your notes there, this is on page 5 in your book. There is going to be the sufferings that people that are lost are going to go through. But where does it say in the Bible, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord? Be absent from the body, present with the Lord. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And the Bible tells us that one of these days, we're going to lose these bodies. This body is a tabernacle. That's where we live. But we're not going to have this body forever. But isn't it amazing what we're willing to go through to keep it alive long and long and long so we can stay in it for a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Now, we all want to go to heaven, right? But not right now. I mean, we don't mind going, but we don't want to hurt, right? You don't want to hurt. Because you've never done this before. You've never died before. Have you died before? If you haven't died before, say you don't know what it's like. It's another experience. I remember one time when Trina was really small. Because she knew daddy does funerals. People died. Some of them she knew. She said, daddy, what's it, what's it like to die? I thought, how am I supposed to know? What's it like to die? So I told her, I said, well, it's, it's kind of like you going outside and playing real hard all day. And so you're just so tired. And you come in the house and lay down on the couch and fall asleep. You fell asleep, you're tired and dirty and just give out. And I says, when you woke up, Mama had already washed you and changed her clothes and you'd gone to bed and slept all night and you woke up feeling totally different, better. I says, Death is a little bit like that. You go to sleep here in this tired, worn-out old body, and one day you're going to wake, and everything's going to be new, different. And I mentioned this one time in a funeral. Well, several of them. That since there's no night in heaven, we all get there on the same day. You ever think of that? If there's no night there, it's just one long eternal night. We all get to heaven on the same day. Just, some, just a little bit different timing, but we all get there on the same day. So, I'm looking forward to going. But look what he says here in verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, it means you're, this body's going to die. We have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal. Where? In the heavens. And why put it there if I'm not going there? But he does. He says he has a place, a body for me of some kind. Maybe temporary until I get my other earthly body's going to be changed in the moment, twinkle of an eye. I don't know. God will work out all those details. I don't care how God does it. 
But then he says in verse 2, for in this, or in this body, we groan, we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. Wouldn't we love to have that new body now, even though we're still here? I wouldn't mind if God gave me my new body so I could stay have it now. That would be neat. Never get tired. Eat all I want and not get fat. That would be neat. Not get tired and worn out. Just go, go, go all the time. Just go. But I need that other body. God says, well, you'll get it as soon as you show up. So we're not supposed to, you know, hate dying. I'm not saying we should, you know, rush toward it. <laughs> well, if God doesn't want me to die, I'm going to jump off the Empire State Building. And if he doesn't want me to die, he'll catch me before I reach the bottom. So if I hit the bottom, it must have been his will. Now, you have crazy thoughts. Like this one guy, he jumped off the Empire State Building halfway down and said, well, so far so good. Now, you know he has an appointment with the concrete. That's not the smartest decision you might have ever made. I think we'd be better off. we just wait until the Lord is ready. Let me tell you this, because this is the truth. I was out in Colorado, preacher, and the um, principal of a, a school there, Harvard West, he asked me if I would go down and see his mom in the hospital. She was very distressed, has cancer. They only gave her a month to live. So I go down to the uh, hospital and go up on about the 10th or 12th floor. It was way up there. And when I walked into the room, she was over at the window, and she was trying to get the window up. And I says, um, can I help you? She said, yes. She says, would you help me get this window up? I said, oh, yes, ma'am. I walked over there, and I said, it's locked. So I unlocked it and slid it up. And I turned around and walked back on the other side of the bed. And when I looked over there, she's climbing out the window. She's climbing out the window. And I could, all of a sudden, a flash, preacher helps woman out window. Now, don't, wouldn't that look good, you know, in the morning paper? I rushed back over there, and I got a hold of that woman, pulled her back in the window. It's way down there, 10, 12 floors, you know. And I pulled that thing down, and I locked it, and she sat on the bed, and it just started bawling. She said, I'm so miserable. I just want to die. I just want to die. I said, well, can I ask you a question? Well, what? Do you know where you're going when you die? No, I hadn't thought of that. I said, you haven't thought of that? No, she just thought the best thing to do is just get out of here. I says, ma'am, God, if you don't know, can I explain something to you? I'll go ahead. I sat down and explained the gospel to her. She trusts the Lord. And now she had tears of joy. And uh, I says, now I'm going to leave. I says, but do you believe that you could uh, wait till God comes and gets you? She says, I think so. A month later, she died. She died of cancer. I did her funeral. And I thought, how close I came to helping that woman commit suicide. <laughs> And, you know, you can't win them all. But um, you have to believe. Look down here what he says in verse 8. We are confident. I say, willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. It's just the process you have to go through to get to be present with the Lord. See, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to leave here to get there. Don't you have mixed emotions? Love to be there. Well, maybe not yet. This one preacher, he asked him, says, How many here want to go to heaven? And everybody raised their hand, but one fell in the back. He saw that. He said, maybe they didn't understand the question. How many here want to go to heaven? Everybody raised their hand except that one guy in the back. 
He says, sir, why, why didn't you raise your hand? He says, well, don't you want to go to heaven? He says, yes, sir, I want to go to heaven. He says, well, um, why didn't you raise your hand? Well, I thought y'all was going to take a load right now. So you don't mind going. It's just, I, I don't want to go right now. But we don't get to make that decision sometimes. Now, these verses are in the Bible to give us great comfort. As it says in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 18, it says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. It's supposed to bring us great comfort to know positively that we're going to heaven when we die. So can you know you're going to heaven when you die? Yes. I know I have eternal life. I know I'm going to heaven whenever I die. And I've known that for 55 years. My sins are paid. Every last one of them. And you know, I mentioned this to the kids in college too. Isn't it something, when you stop and think about it, when Christ was on the cross 2,000 years ago, you were on his mind. He was thinking about you. The Bible says in the 139th Psalm that his thoughts are about me. God thinks about me. Well, he thinks about you too. But he thinks about us. God. God created him and he thinks about us. Did he see where Lazarus was and what he was going through? Yeah. Did he see what the rich man had and what he was going through? He knew that in his lifetime, the rich man had good things and the poor man had bad things happen. And God knew it, but God didn't change it. Sometimes we think, well, if I trust Christ as my Savior, everything is going to change down here. No, this, this world is not going to change. Your physical body, it's not going to change. The relationships that you have with people, that usually doesn't change. And so you can have a lot of misery and heartache in this old world. But the thing you know is that I'm God's child, and one of these days I'm going to be out of here. I'm going to be with the Lord in heaven, and that's the most important thing in all the world. Let me just show you this right quick. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents it. Wallet. <laughs> Whatever this thing is. What do you call this? A remote control. You know, I need one of those for me. Just mash and I automatically do what I'm supposed to do. Well, anyway, a remote control. That's our sin. Everybody, everybody has sin. So the Bible says for you and I to, you know, pay for sin because the wage of sin is death. We've got to die and spend eternity separated from God in hell. But God loves us, wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, you and I, well, we have to be perfect. But nobody's perfect. So how are we going to get to heaven? If heaven is perfect and we're not, well, God says you cannot earn eternal life. You'll never be good enough to go to heaven. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves us, hates our sin because our sin separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, see, that's why he can't let us go to heaven. Because he'd be having to let sin into heaven. And so God says, you can't come because of this sin. Otherwise, people will sin in heaven. They'll die in heaven. They'll, you know, murder and rape. And all, you name a sin, and if you can do it down here, you can do it up there. So God said, you can't come. Why? God only lets perfect people into heaven. Now, who gets to go? That eliminates the whole human race. Because nobody's good enough. So how are we going to get there? You can't. That's why it's impossible for a man to earn his way to heaven. So what Christ did is he took all the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead, and said that if you and I, if we would believe he did it for us, he would put this payment to our account. All my sins are paid. I'm good to go. I'm going to heaven because he paid for all of my sins. How many? All of them. 
And so the only thing I had to do was the only thing I could do, and that was to believe that he did it for me. So whosoever believeth in him, that means whosoever will believe he did it for them. God gives them eternal life as a free gift, and you get to go to heaven on what he did. You cannot earn it. You can't work for it. Going to church won't get you to heaven. Giving money won't get you to heaven. There's nothing that can do that except Christ. You must trust him and him alone as your only hope of going to heaven. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you so much for this time together. Blessing the service to follow in Christ's name. Amen. Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.